Hi and welcome to Squaring the Circle, a podcast about how business owners in the creative industry balance the art and the business. For episode 23 of Squaring the Circle, we've done something a little different. I chat to personal trainer Dave Marsh about how prioritising your health can impact your business and indeed your life. Well, that was a plan anyway. Doing these podcasts, you never quite know where the conversation is going to go. And the second half of this chat turned into something altogether different. So I really hope you get some value from it. Personal trainer Dave Marsh, welcome to Squaring the Circle. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. We've known each other for, well, we met on social media, which is a a very strange thing. Um, Actually sort of having a conversation with someone from social media i think it was instagram um and i a, f- a couple of months ago i thought oh it'd be really good to have a chat with you because obviously i follow you on um on instagram i really like your content but then it suddenly dawned on me that you know without your health and if you're not healthy um, mentally and physically you don't have a business anyway so hopefully this episode will um, although it's not based in the creative industry it will help the creative industry it will help creative business owners so just my first question really is although logically we absolutely know that without our health we don't have our business why do so many of us me included at times uh put health way down our priorities i think for a lot of people i think one of the first things is it's, it's a misconception of time i think a lot of people think they've always got tomorrow they've always got next week they've always got next month and as we all know like nothing's guaranteed apart from death and taxes as they say so i think sometimes it's always that putting it off um, and people don't prioritize it sometimes till it's too late and that too late could be a doctor saying you're pre-diabetic or a doctor saying that you've got high blood pressure or the fact that you just get that sort of dreaded result from some kind of test or something like that and it's like shit um and I think the people only generally start to value their health normally from when they actually get older or people around them then start to suffer with illnesses and they go, oh, actually, that's I'm in that bracket as well. So I think a lot of the times, I think health is something that people focus on generally as they get older rather than the initial. I think when people start to look at exercise and nutrition, generally it's normally from an aesthetic perspective because everyone wants to look good, um, especially in the younger generation, you're doing it to perhaps attract a partner, um, whatever it may be. Um, Again, even just to make yourself feel better and look good, whatever your reasons are for doing it. But I think further down the line, I think health becomes more important. But for me, um, my health was sort of very much um, evaluated when I become a dad. Okay. Um, Because it wasn't just a case of, well, I, I know that how much, I've perhaps abused my body in the past and how much I my body can take but it's when it's all on you and you've got that sort of selfish approach to it then it's it's um you know it doesn't really matter I'll get over it I'll do it but then when you've got someone else that's relying on you to be there that's when you're like shit I need to really start paying attention to this I need to understand that sort of for everything I do or don't do there's going to be a knock-on effect from that Mm. And when you've got someone that is expecting you to be there for as long as possible or forever in their eyes, that you want to make sure that you're able to be there forever. 
So when my son was born, it was a game changer as much as, yeah, I still want to look good. I still want to be able to move well and, and all that kind of thing. But then it was also a case of I've got a responsibility now to look after my health because someone's relying on me to be there. Um, I think it's, it's, I think also with, when it comes down to health, I think a lot of people are scared to change because one, it could just be the hard work ahead of them. It could be the unknown because they've never really done it before or they've tried and failed. Mm. And I think it's also, it's, it's that commitment to change. I think a lot of people struggle to commit to self-improvement. I mean, it's very easy to pick up a bad habit. Like you can pick up a bad habit with one try of something um or, or one sort of experience or something but when you're trying to pick up a good habit you know it's all good habits all the things that really would actually see us longer on in life and and better and happier are normally the hardest ones to adapt to which seems illogical really from a, a common sense perspective because you'd kind of think, well actually this is good for me i'm going to carry on doing it but you, i mean you take smoking for example highly highly addictive and it kills people undoubtedly kills so many people but yet people find it really really hard to stop and they all know that they should stop yeah yeah don't. um so yeah i think it's i think it's people just generally don't because your body is so it's amazing it's so resilient it can do so much and it can repair itself so well and i think people just take that for granted and you can take the piss out of it for quite a while mm. but that will only see you so far and then again it comes to that point where you're like you've either been told you know shit's hit the fan or if you don't change x y and z you're going to be in this position here you mentioned um your motivation for really prioritizing health so there's a, a theme that i'd like to explore um which is motivation because that surely um, and i've certainly been in not only you know health or fitness wise in so many aspects of my life you know you take up a hobby or something and then motivation is sky high you can't stop thinking about it if you know you want to get better at it if you're competitive like me you want to just keep on progressing and then for whatever reason it just goes and that and in your game it's memberships in gyms go up I don't know, probably 500 percent in january and then the car park's <laughs> empty mid-february <laughs> yeah um so first the, the first question is how do we stay motivated to um to the sort of the health and fitness journey i suppose i think again if you if you solely rely on motivation like you said exactly right when everyone starts off on something new it's new it's exciting you've got this possible future ahead of you and and you, it's it's all like you know it's, it's, it's the same with anything when you start something which you're excited about you are motivated to do it um, I think the problem lies nowadays is the is, it comes down to that instant gratification. I think as well, if you're not seeing a result within like one gym session, if you haven't got six pack abs within that one gym session, then you know what I mean. It's it's people become difficult, and I think there's there's always a point like to rely solely on motivation is never going to see you long term achieve the things you want to achieve. I think there comes a point where yeah, you need motivation to initially get started, but it's discipline that's going to get you down the line. It's the times where you don't feel like doing it is when you must do it. Um, it's the times when you really, really can't be asked. That's when you're probably going to probably have the best workouts. And I've done it myself. And I know so many people do it. They'll really can't be asked to train. But then when they actually get into the gym and do something, they actually end up doing probably one of the better sessions they've had, probably just because they're just pushing through to get through it and get it done. But it's also having a why. You've got to have a why you want to actually do this if you're just doing it 
because you feel like you should or because your mates are doing it, whatever else like that. Again, you're probably going to struggle with seeing it through long term. But then again, it comes back to the what is that reason why you wanted to do that in the first place? So whether it's taking someone back into that place where they, you know, before they started, they might feel sort of not happy with themselves and might lack confidence. They might feel, you know what I mean? In some cases, disgusted by the way they look. And sadly, some people do feel like that. But then it's also, you've got to think of like, okay, what's the reason for doing this? What was that pain, that point of pain? What's, that should be your motivation. That should be the thing that you look forward to going, going through. So it, like, a lot of people, they might have a holiday coming up or a wedding. And when they start to lose motivation, that's when you need to then remind them that this is what you've got. That's their why for doing it. Again, like I said about myself with my son, he's he's my why for doing it as well because there's a reason behind it it's not just it's not just me there's a bigger picture to it as well and like i said about discipline it's 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 that thing i think they're, they're saying and i'll probably bastardize it but it's sort of telling yourself you're going to do something long after the the time in which you said it has passed kind of thing like that it's it's still sticking to the plan mm. um, and i think a lot of people they don't again it comes down to structure and planning as well it's also sort of having that goal like the small steps and again not trying to jump the gun again like I said about instant gratification a lot of people want the instant they want it now and this is why people go down the quick fix route as opposed to thinking this is a lifetime journey rather than six eight twelve weeks do you think that there's I mean everybody or pretty much everybody knows the benefits of staying fit and healthy whatever that looks like for you hmm. do you think the other side of it is that depending on the personality type is that you can become too obsessed with your health and it actually has negative consequences on the rest of your life oh definitely um i think there's a i remember when i first sort of got into the health and fitness space and i was that person that would sort of look at you and if you was picking up a packet of crisp i'd sort of i remember in my previous sort of um career be there in the tea room someone would pick up something and i'll be like Oof, it's rubbish that's crap it was like a, a, i used to basically say i was like a food nazi you know what i mean it was kind of that thing where like you had your opinion and and you you wouldn't you wasn't afraid to vocalize it and, and put it and i remember even seeing a colleague of mine i remember this one day she someone had brought in donuts as people do and she picked up this donut and i simply looked at her and she looked at me and just put the donut back and i was like well hang on a second yeah. Is this the kind of impact that I'm putting across onto people without even saying anything? Um, so obviously this is where I completely changed. But again, this is where people can become a little bit too obsessed. Now, getting obsessed with exercise and looking after yourself or, or addicted to that, there's nothing wrong with that at all because there's far, far worse addictions out there. But when it starts to impact, and again, it's all goal dependent, but when it starts to impact on um, your ability to have a life as well, or your family and your friends' lives and things like that. You know what I mean? You can't go to a social event because you're on a diet or you can't sort of enjoy um, going out for a meal with your with your other half or whatever because, you know I mean, you can't scan that item into my fitness pal or something like that. Okay. Then it becomes a bit of an issue. And again, this is where people, a lot of people, they, they, they adopt that all or nothing approach. So they have to be all in on something. They don't understand, and I hate to use the word too much, balance, but it is, it's, it's, we all talk about balance. I mean, I put up a thing in my Insta stories yesterday. I was on a spin bike eating a hash brown from McDonald's. Um, <laughs> because I just fancied a uh, McDonald's breakfast and um, 
the spin bike was the only place I could sit to eat. Yes, <laughs> um, it's all very tongue tongue in cheek. And again, for me, it's again, it's not that. It's it's trying to sort of get people to understand that you don't have to be all or nothing. You can adopt that sort of. I can have a bit of this and a bit of that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, there is an addictive side to this, which can um, sort of take over people's lives and not always for the positive. So for the people listening to this, that potentially, um, you know, want to get slightly more active. Um, and this is, and this is a horrible question because it's so, it's so general and I know everybody's different, mm. <clears throat> but I mm. think a lot of people firstly don't know where to start or they think maybe that just having a, a you know a walk 15 15 minutes half an hour won't do the job or so can you can you think of any um sort of universal tips i suppose that for anybody looking to to sort of move more or you know sl- get slightly healthier yeah i mean i think as you know yourself it's it's when you feel good um then everything else just seems to just work a little bit better you're more resilient mentally and physically to deal with whatever life throws at you if you're in a bad place from health or or mentally or anything else like that then anything even the simplest thing could become a struggle so my main thing would be for anyone if someone was to say right what's the first thing i can do is is literally just start just do something because there's a misconception if you have to wait for the perfect time that does not exist um and it's the same with anything oh i don't want to start a business i'm just waiting for the perfect time i'm just waiting for this i'm waiting for that you need to actually just do something and then learn on the job as such you need to learn as you go um i mean i've, I've even heard people sort of saying like that i just want to get a bit fitter before i join the gym you know i, don't, I mean i don't i get what people are trying what point they're trying to make yeah yeah and that that's like you know what i mean i'm just gonna you know what I mean? It's, oh, I'm just going to clean my car before I take it to the car wash. It's that kind of thing. It just doesn't serve a purpose. You're going to somewhere to do that. Um, I've had even had people say, "Well, I'm going to get on the protein shakes first. Like, like sipping down a protein shake is a magic cure for getting you ready for the gym. Yeah, yeah. What you're doing is taking on more calories. So let's let's just let's rethink that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's that thing. If someone was coming from a point where they had literally had no knowledge at all, but they wanted to achieve something or wanted to at least make sure they were doing the right thing from the off, because I think you could probably speak to any health and fitness professional and they would look back and change so much of what they've done. And I think that's the same with any business. There's that thing that obviously if you're not embarrassed of the very first products that you come out, you didn't start soon enough. Mm, yeah, You have to just get it done um there's no right time to to do it the right time is basically now today not so for anyone if someone's listening to this and they think right what can i do right now go and have a walk for 30 minutes you know what i mean average person could burn three to four hundred calories just going for a walk yeah um, it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be some you don't need equipment for it you don't know you just need to do something um avoiding <laughs> a lot of the crap that you see on the internet because it's so conflicting um and this is where i think and this isn't obviously any kind of sales pitch because we're not talking about that, but even just hiring a coach, someone that's going to basically just put you on the the right track, the right path, teach you the basics of how to train, um, how to use equipment, how to work out correctly, how to train with intent and how to get results from that. And even then just touch base with them every now and then. I find some people benefit from that. I have some people that sort of had an initial period of coaching and then they just drop in every now and then for a session just to go, look, is this going all right? I'm finding this because you could waste a lot of time 
um, and potentially a lot of money and everything like that as well on not really doing what you need to do. Brilliant. All right, Dave. Well, we've come nearly, nearly to uh, the end um, uh, of, of the chat. Mm-hmm. Um, it was meant to be the final three, but you've sort of answered one of one of them, uh, one of the questions earlier in the interview. So I'm going to go for the final two, actually. Um, so the first question is, what book or resource has had the biggest impact on you and why? OK, so the, I do love reading when I give myself the opportunity to read. Yeah. Um, and there's... <clears throat> If I can, there's probably three I could probably say. Let's do it. Yeah. The first one, and this is one that I've probably gifted the most people because I like to give my clients and friends books that I think that they might be able to get value from. And again, it's become very popular, but it's The Daily Stoic uh, by Ryan Holiday. Um, I was first sort of introduced to this book by a, a guy uh, called Jamie Alderson, who was always banging on about it. And I thought well, there's got to be something in it. So being influenced, I bought it. And it's, I think, the, the daily stoic or stoicism or having an understanding of what that is about has literally changed my life in many ways. Um, it's, uh, it's, I would advise anyone get it. It's literally one page a day. It's written as 366 days, so it caters for that extra day in February we get sometimes. Um, there's a page a day. It's as simple as that, and every month has a theme. And it's writings from great sort of past if you like past speakers and stoics marcus aurelius seneca epictetus and people like that um and it just shows that even thousands and thousands of years ago people were thinking exactly the same or going through the same stuff and then there's obviously ryan holiday has translated it into a modern day example what i take from it is you can't control there's only there's very few things that you can control in your life um even your own body you don't really have control over your body um, what you can control mainly is your reaction to whatever happens around you. Um, one of the prime examples for me when I used to um, sort of have to commute, if you like, to my previous job, always coming up to traffic. And yeah, no one likes to be in traffic and it pisses you off and you're really annoyed, especially if that person in front is just dawdling along and that, that kind of for me, when you start thinking, actually, I can't do anything about it. We're all stuck in traffic. We're all pissed off. We none of us want to be in here just adopting that thought process just kind of like takes away the the stress and the pressure that you put on yourself. Someone cuts you up in traffic. All right. Yep. Call them all the names under the sun, but that person might have a woman in the back seat rushing, being rushed to hospital. She's having a baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You might be giving people excuses for their behavior or what they're doing, but at the end of the day, you can't control what they've done. And this is kind of what this book has taught me. And I think it, it definitely brings to the table. Again, it's just that your reactions, what the things you can control in life and it's yeah it's had a massive impact on my thought process around a lot of things but that is one that i would highly recommend it's um i haven't read the book but i've listened to a lot of his podcasts and um the uh, the fascinating thing for me sort of piggybacking piggybacking yeah piggyback yeah piggybacking on what you just <laughs> said um is that thousands of years ago before you know any sort of technology really humans were going through the same shit yeah, I mean, you look at Marcus Aurelius, he was one of the most powerful, richest men in the world at that time, and yet he still had self-doubt. He still worried about the things that we worry about, you know what I mean? Like, is he liked? Or, like, is he procrastinating and wasting time? I mean, this was a memoir to himself. This wasn't written as a book. So people, even the most powerful people in the world back then were 
thinking the same thoughts that we had. Um, and ultimately, um, it's that realization. It doesn't matter who you are, how rich you are, or where you are, you all end up in exactly the same place. Yeah. I think one of the sayings that come off stoicism is a memento mori, which is basically we're all going to die one day. And it's a, a very sort of strong thing. And it's, it's morbid, but it's the reality. Like we said right at the beginning of the podcast, you know what I mean? That's one of the things that's guaranteed. So it doesn't matter what you, lo- what you do with your life. It's, it's how you fill that time. And why, why fill it stressing and worrying about things that effectively are out of your control? Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about it. Right. Um, the second one, it was someone that was actually gifted me this, this book after a conversation. Funny enough, I, I sent him the Daily Stoic. It's one of my close friends, and he sent me this book. It's uh, by Oliver Berkman called 4,000 Weeks. Um, absolutely amazing. So the average life expectancy in the West is around 80 years old, which equates to roughly 4,000 weeks. So if you think about it in that, it's a bit shit. Yeah. Um, I actually invested, there's a calendar company as well called 4K Weeks. and I, For some reason, didn't sort of um, align the two. But what you do is you when you order the calendar, um, you put in your date of birth and it gives you from that date of birth, basically all the weeks up until your potential death as such. And you mark off week on week and people are like, oh, that's really morbid. For me, it's inspiring. Um, I haven't yet got it up because I'll be moving house at the end of the end of the year. So that's going to go in the office. But again, it's that. So what Oliver Berkman talks about is the fact that we're all very, very busy in our lives. We're all stressed and rushed and we've all got these to do lists and we've all got these things that we really, really want to do. And it's the acceptance more so of the fact that once you give yourself the, the understanding that you're probably not going to get it all done. It's like a weight is lifted off your shoulders. Um, it's that thing. That, well, when I clear my inbox out. I'll then start on this. Well, you clear your inbox out, you turn around, if you like, I'll go and check it again. It's full up again of responses. Yeah. You'll never, and again, it comes back to that perfect time. You'll never, ever get to that point where you go, right, I've done everything I need to, now I can focus on this. Mm-hmm. It's just understanding that you just need to perhaps sometimes just focus on one thing or just accept the fact you're not going to get everything done. And for me, it was, especially when it come down to the mentoring, like I said, there's a lot of trainings, there's a lot of work to do to kind of build your business. And I was very, very overwhelmed. I was getting put off by the fact that I was sort of lagging behind. There was people doing more than me that I started with and all this kind of thing. And then once I kind of read that, I was like, do you know what? I'll just do it at my own pace. And accepting the fact that you're not going to get everything done. I mean, if you set yourself three tasks a day and you do those three tasks, you've got a big win there. You've done a lot. So I think, again, it's just easing that pressure on ourselves because we're all time poor. We're all stressed in one way or another. And by giving yourself more stress and again, things that you can't control or do anything about you're, you're, you're likely to achieve less. So it's just sort of simplifying the process. Even if you focus on that one big task a day, like again, going back to the quotes of Mark Twain, the eat the frog. Yeah. Yeah. It's that same thing. Again, if you, if you eat a frog, that's the worst thing you've got to do in the day, then the rest of your day should kind of be easy. And it's, it's the same thing we have to do this. We've all got that one thing hanging over us that we know we need to do. But because it involves a lot of, sort of concentration and work, we kind of do all the other to-dos around it, and that's still going to be on the to-do list. Mm, mm. So I've found that the last few months I've got a lot – probably go the other way soon, as most things mm-hmm. do – a lot better at not being so concerned about the amount you're getting done as long as there's – I've sort of, in my own head, sort of calling it quiet momentum, just as long as I'm going forward, as long as I'm, I'm, I'm doing the stuff I need to do, 
Um, and if I even if I don't need to do it, well, what can I do tomorrow? Because I've, I've mm. ticked that box, you know, really early in the day, eating that frog, as you say. And it just you 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 get into that rhythm and flow so much easier if you just you you, you just take you pre- the pressure off. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's what that do pressure I need to do today. Take that onto the next. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, procrastination again is always a big killer of momentum and progress because it's so easy. I, 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 not to say I'm self-diagnosed or anything else like that, but I, I definitely get disturbed by my own brain. I can be sitting here trying to do something like that, and then I might see a little flicker out in the garden. That's it. That's me off then. Oh, there's my phone, and then you pick it up, and this is the thing. These devices are just probably the worst things ever. One of the things I have actually started incorporating recently, and it, it works if you let it work, is the Pomodoro timer method. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sort of the work for 25 minutes five minute break because you should be able to concentrate on one thing for 25 minutes um bringing bringing the uh creative um projects into that has been completely revolutionary as well i i don't go 25 minutes i've sort of slightly um, adapted it but um so from in my line of work video projects take a long time and actually starting them is the hardest part because you just know you know you've got so much in front of you but if you chunk it down and say right well let's do half an hour and then i've started it then Um, and because you're just focused on that one thing it's incredible how much you can do in that half an hour or 45 minutes or whatever um and in and in but in your line of work it would be something totally different but it's it's that universal focus on one thing do it for a certain amount of time take a break and then yeah exactly that i think it's that thing as well if you if you allow yourself I know four hours to do something it will take four hours if you've got one hour to do it you'll get it done in an hour um I think I heard one someone say to me once I think it was or not say to me but I, I read something I think it was um the fitness guy James Smith he said something about if you want to get some work done take your Mac or wherever it is out to somewhere like a coffee shop and don't have your charger because <laughs> work done before your battery runs out on your mac or whatever it is so it's definitely a good way when you when you allow yourself all this time yeah the thing that needs to get done just becomes bigger and bigger and your time becomes less and less if you give yourself an hour to do it you'll get it done in an hour or at least a very good dent in it exactly and even if you don't get it done you if you have got the hour you'll get the most important things done in that hour which is a win definitely that's genius that's yeah it's it's, it's just that concept because like you say if you've got a day to do whatever you like you'll you probably start at the end of the day i know i was always that when i was at school like exams yeah i might look at the textbook the day before um you know what i mean but then if you you give yourself this dedicated fixed time and it is limited you'll find that you'll probably actually achieve more from that sorry I, there was one other book i just wanted to say as well is it was um uh, a book that not necessarily was to do with uh, sort of health and um, fitness or anything like that a book called being mortal by a guy called Atul Gawande, I think it's Gawande, um, he's a doctor. And it's uh, basically, again, kind of off the back of the stoicism thing, but it's looking at um, death in a way. And again, it kind of realises the things you need to do to obviously prepare yourself for that and everything else like that. Um, and it was just, a, it was a game changer for me, as I sort of mentioned to you off, off um, when we were chatting before, obviously I lost my dad in October. Um, and it was, it was, um, you always think when you're when you go through something like that, if, if you've done enough, if you've done the right thing, could you have done more? That kind of thing. And 
it's amazing when you hear the perspective of someone who deals with that all the time. Just one little word or one little sentence can actually help your thought processes and realizing that you you did enough and you did do, you know what I mean, everything you could have done. Um, and that had actually had a massive impact on my, I mean, my understanding of why I think, why this happened and, and what it happened up to this point. Um, so it's just, I, I would recommend anyone that's either, um, as, as again, to go off on a tangent, anyone who has kind of like lost anyone or anyone that sort of suffered with terminal illness from like, anyone close to them or anything else like that, that would be a book I would highly recommend, highly mm. recommend. Yeah. Very good. And so, and you don't have to answer this, um, but you you mentioned your dad and how how much that book helped. Mm. Um, can you think of anything in particular in that book that sort of shifted your mindset or shifted the way you looked at things? There was a chapter in it which was the one that really resonated with me the most, and I think again it was it was more around knowing that you done everything for them at that point because one of the things the book talks about is when people are diagnosed like my, my dad died of cancer okay um, and sometimes there's a thing where giving people medicine or if you like a so-called medical fix to the problem actually makes them worse um and it was just for me it was just the sort of the i think there was a bit in the book that basically said providing you know what i mean you you had spoke about what was going to happen obviously the fact of impending death as such and you had said everything you kind of needed to to that person and, and you reiterated the fact that you love that person and everything else like that you, you couldn't have done any more because we all feel guilty mm. when, when we lose people that are close to us and this was um it was just nice to sort of know that someone who deals with that kind of all the time it kind of reiterated something that I not necessarily questioning myself but I know that I had done and it just made me feel a little bit better about the process yeah. about what actually happened mm. So yeah, I think it's definitely something because it's because it's real. It's 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 what he talks about in the book is actual real experiences with people, and I think it just it definitely if you're obviously you can't come to terms completely with things like this, and there's always a long process of recovery from a situation like that. But it definitely made things a little bit better, I think. And that's the power of books, isn't it? Hundred percent, because you yeah. can create whatever you want out of it. Yeah, amazing. All right. Um, that was brilliant, Dave. Thank you. I I asked for one. Um, you gave me three, but all three, I haven't read it. Any, well, I've, I've heard of the Daily Stoic and as I said, listen to the podcast. But the other two books um, sound really interesting. And uh, yeah, death, death is, a, is a very strange one. I, I seem, I can sort of pinpoint around about 10 years ago, I sort of had this epiphany that most of, most of my decisions big decisions I make in my life will be seen well I'll try and view it from my deathbed so basically living in it living in, in reverse basically so what would I think if if I if I knew time is up um yeah. and 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 before that I always you know didn't want to think about death or anything like that but it and obviously everybody feels very differently about it but I found it seemingly quite similar to you it was quite freeing because you, you know you just it just brings a lot of clarity to what you want to do um and you know going with full full circle in health and fitness or starting your own business mm. um yeah there's there's no time like the present is there um, first you... thing i think from the health and 
fitness perspective, like a common saying is your health is your wealth. And mm. when you see people, I so I, so I lost my dad, I lost my best friend four years ago to cancer as well. When you see people that haven't necessarily, they haven't made poor life choices or anything else like that, but they still got annihilated by a disgusting disease. Um, it, not necessarily to say had they even done more, they would have been in a better position or they'd still be here. But at the end of the day, our time is so limited. And I've always thought on your deathbed, and I think I've done a social media post about this a while back, but if you was on your deathbed and someone said, right, you can come, you can have another six months or a year with all of your loved ones. All you've got to do is come back and you've got to eat a bit better. You've got to exercise more, sleep a little bit more, you know, basic things like that. I very much doubt there'd be many people that wouldn't grab the opportunity with both hands. Mm. So why does it have to be sort of placing yourself in that sort of thought process or that situation for people to sometimes take action? Because again, anything could be taken away from us at any point. So again, I used to get people take the piss out of me. Oh, you're only, you're only alive once. Why are you eating all that broccoli and all that kind of thing? It's like, well, if worst case scenario, I'll be the only one in the morgue with a six pack. So be it. But at the end of the day, I'm protecting myself. I'm, I'm protecting my, I'm investing in my body and I'm also protecting, I mean, those around me because I want to be around for as long as possible in as best shape as possible. Yeah. So this is where, again, people might not struggle, they might struggle to think further down the line of health in the future and stuff like that. But it's, it's relevant now um, because, again, you never know what you could do now could actually prevent something from coming along in five, six, seven years time next year, whatever it is um so I, I would never underestimate the, the 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 health benefits and again like you say with the business as well it's like for me <clears throat> working in the prison service for 15 years i've become a very angry cynical impatient negative person and starting a business for myself or doing something that i was passionate about as literally i've even had my closest friends that say to me it's like we've got you back from how you was years ago because you're now a happier person you're more relaxed my wife can see that i'm more relaxed and, and and stuff like that so if, if that's what it takes if you need to make that change or sort of you know what i mean go right do you know what now's the time because there is never a good time so if now's the time to do it and it's going to make you better and happier then you'll look back in years to come and go do you know what i'm really glad i've done that because there's that thing isn't there where you can either go change nothing nothing changes if you change something it good things might actually happen but one's the one's a definitive answer well, one is well there's a possibility mm-hmm. and i'd go with that possibility all day long yeah absolutely brilliant dave well just before the last question yes um if you want to um share your social media handles your websites just so people know where to follow you awesome well if anyone would like to watch my waffle or my um because i do like a, a a waffle on an insta story um so I, I basically just use Instagram, to be honest, um, which is at you, the letter U, personal training, all one word. Um, and that is where I put most of my um, most of my stuff on there. So, yeah, it's just me probably self-counseling myself in the car on Insta stories mostly. <laughs> um, and occasionally I might put out a nice uh, post, which hopefully people can uh, take a little bit from. But you'll probably, if anyone does go and check it out, they'll probably see that I don't like to take things too seriously. But I think that's uh, why it works. Yeah, I think it's again. I've had like people say, "Oh, do you know the videos you do? They're quite funny." And I'm like, "Yeah, fitness or anything. If you if you're just, it can be very boring. 
I think people want to laugh these days and people like a bit of a laugh with a point to it as well. And that's kind of what I like to do. I like to have a bit of a laugh, um, but then also sort of try and help people in the same time. So yeah, if anyone wanted to uh, come and uh, check out anything, I'll be very, very grateful. Brilliant. Okay, thank you very much. So the last question is what one piece of advice would you give a person wanting to make improvements in their health and fitness now there is, obviously we did touch upon this earlier mm. on but if you've got anything more to add that would be amazing i think again it just it just reiterates off the back of just the conversations we've literally just had there you know what i mean we we only have a finite amount of time here we're we're you know things can be taken away so quickly um so just literally just start doing something. Um, obviously not Slimming World or Herbalife or nothing like that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, each, their, each their own, each their own. Um, I just say, you know what I mean? Just literally just start looking after yourself. Um, drink more water, sleep more. You know what I mean? Eat more fruit and veg and move. <laughs> quite simple really, isn't it? It is quite simple. It's just, it's simple in its theory, but it's not quite so simple in its practice. Yeah. Um, get out there you know what I mean we're we're waterproof so it doesn't matter if it rains um, literally just get out there take in what's around you, you know what I mean breathe in some fresh air get some sunshine on your skin go and actually get out in nature or whatever else like that because it, it is probably one of the best things you could ever do if you're in a bad state anything else like that you're not good in your head or anything like that go out for a walk download a podcast maybe even this one. Oh, and see what you like did that. there <laughs> download a podcast or an audiobook and listen to that while you're walking around because then it will give you an incentive to get out there as well because you want to know what happens next yeah absolutely um so yeah literally i think if you just want to do something one of the best things you can do from your health really is move a bit more sleep and just you know what i mean just just try and just do things one step at a time don't overload overload yourself with too much or hire a coach <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah no, two, two, two plugs there so that was very well done double bubble that one mate yeah, brilliant all right dave well dave thank you so much for um joining me we've uh we're nearly at the end of our second zoom call it's gone on for that long but that's such a good thing because why i love these chats is you, you really never know where the conversation is going to go so um it's been an absolute pleasure thank you very much ben thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast if you've hated it keep quiet but if you've loved it you can support the show by sharing it with anyone who may love it too have a nice one and i'll see you next time for another episode of squaring the circle